faith. It is a step of faith. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every prayer I make, it is a prayer of faith. If my God is for me, tell me who sitting down, but somehow you accomplished it. So let's stand up, give our legs a chance. My, my God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. The mountains are in, the rivers are in, the stars are His handiwork too. Oh, my God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, my God can make everything new. The mountains are here, the rivers are here, the stars are Oh my God, God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. A lot of moving today, every move I make, oh every move I make, I'm making you. You make me move, Jesus, every breath I take, I breathe in you. Every step I take, I take in you. You are my way, Jesus. Every breath I take, I breathe in you. Na 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 na
Make me move, Jesus. Every breath I take, I'm breathing you. Inhale, exhale. Every step I take, I'm taking you. You are my way, way, Jesus. Every breath I take, I'm breathing you. Oh, na, na, na.
the way to go home. What's that name, boys and girls? Mr. Jeff wants to have a word with you. Okay, so I have something right here. What is it? It's a backpack, but on top of the backpack, there's something even better. It's and it's it's not just any cap. It's not just any. It's not just any cap. It's the best cap in the world. That's right. It's the very best cap in the world. Okay, maybe it's not the very best cap in the world. I don't want to offend anybody. <clears throat> but it's my, it's my hiking cap. I'm going on a journey today. And I have with me something very important for my journey. When you get to be my age, you need, you need something to help you walk better. <laughs> okay, it's a cane. I didn't want to admit it. I was going to call it a walking stick as if I had the power to walk. But let's say it's a cane. It's going to help me, but I have something else, even more important. I have my, what is this big thing? Thank you, thank you. It's a backpack. And so I have my backpack. I have my backpack. I put it on my back. And now I'm ready to go. Aren't you wondering what's in here? What do you think I should have in here? Water and water. Water? Let's see if I came prepared for water. Because you've got to have, oh. I almost forgot something. Something to make me look good on the, on the journey. Yeah. That's right. Well, I'm going to put my cane down. Thank you. Let's see if I came prepared for the journey with the things you think I need. Let's see. You said water? Yep. One thing at a time. I can't remember everything. Let's see if I have water. Whoa! I have something even better. <laughs> I should have thought of that. I have my Christian lunch. I have my Christian lunch. See? A Christian lunch is always the safe way. That's right. I have my Christian lunch. And in here, let's hope that I've got everything I need to survive. Oh, I have a very important item. In case I get... Deep in the forest, and I need camouflage. I have my camouflage. So they'll never know that I'm a human. All right. Now, in my journey, you said I needed water. All right, I got water. I got one thing, right? And, of course, the most important thing to have is the little chocolate donuts. <laughs> that's that's kind of food. It's kind of food. And I have uh, got to feed the creatures in the woods, so I have animal cookies to feed to all my friends. 
I have something good. I have fruit. Fruit. Just have a. You want? Okay. Oh, I've got a couple other snacks that I'm not going to reveal because they're they're kind of junk food. But I have my sandwich. That's right. I have my sandwich. Isn't that a nice looking sandwich? And boy, when I when I tell you this sandwich is going to be good, it's going to fit right here. I'm going to look like that when I'm done with my sandwich. Okay. That's right. So I have all the basics for my journey, right? Because this is going to keep me what? Keep me healthy and keep me uh, alive. Thank you. This guy, you have two right answers today. You are to be congratulated. Alive. It's going to keep me alive, boys and girls. I need, I need the right food for my journey. But I want you to look over here. Can you look over here? Look at this table. Look at this table. You see this table? This table is about another journey. Are you with me? Look, look, look what's under here. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. Sit down. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. I just want you to look with your eyes. Look with your eyes. I'm going to look. You see this? You see this? This is food for another kind of journey. You know what it is? It's, this is like the little wafers. We, we call it, we call it the bread, don't we? See my bread up there? Okay. What do you think's in here? The juice. Let's see. Let's see what the juice looks like. Okay. Okay. Don't touch. I'm just going to show you. I'm just going to show you. I'm just going to show you. I want you to look with your eyes. You see the juice? This is important for another journey that you are on and I am on. Everyone is on, hopefully. Boys and girls. When we, as a church, look at me, when we take these little wafers, shh, kale, and we eat the little wafer and we drink the little juice, we're talking about a much bigger journey than just going in the woods. We're going on our journey of life. Our, that's right. It's not only here on the earth, but it goes on forever and ever. And it goes right up to heaven with Jesus. Now, you know, when we take these things, we don't take them like every day, right? You know why we don't take them every day? Because this is the food that God gave us to make our bodies go every day to school or to work or wherever we have to go to play. But this is to remember, to remember Jesus and how he gives us the food that we need for that long life journey. The long life journey. In fact, Jesus said, look at me one more time. Look up here. Jesus said, this is my body. I gave it for you. Where did he give us his body? That's right. He sacrificed. And he said, this is my blood. We know this juice is juice, but we're to remember that he gave up his life on the cross for us. Isn't it beautiful that Jesus gave us all the food we need to go on the journey of life? Yeah, he gave his life on the cross. Let's remember that when you go walking or if you go on a journey or you have your lunch at school, you remember as you're eating food that there's a special food and it's called the bread of life and it is Jesus himself. He is our bread that gives us life. Let's pray. Okay, let's all pray. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us and giving yourself the bread of life for us so we can go on the life journey to you in heaven one day. In Jesus' name, amen.
privilege that we have just shared at your table. We thank you for the privilege of the children that have been in this place this morning. We thank you for their parents and the families as they come together to worship and to praise you, to give you the glory and honor due your name. We thank you for the sacrifice that we've observed in this uh, remembrance time. Thank you for providing for us even when we're Uh, not aware of the provision, or we're not seeing it as provision. You are providing. You are constant in your care for us. We love you. We thank you for that. May we be like that in our own lives, reaching out to others, showing compassion and care. Lord, as we come to a time of offering, we pray that your hand will be upon those that are, are, are given the privilege of administering these monies, May they do right. May they be uh, thoughtful. May your kingdom's work continue as we try to serve and be the person that you want us to be. So help us to live in gratitude, to follow after you always, and to enjoy the journey that you provided through Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Pictures come in all shapes and sizes and forms with their ability to express things like emotions and feelings, beauty, ideas, even truth in ways sometimes that explanations and instructions cannot. A picture truly can be worth a thousand words and added to that is the benefit of remaining with us often a lot longer than the words. Take this picture, for example. I mean, think about all that communicates. Far more than simply the death of a man on a cross. It speaks volumes. But pictures are not just with 
paper, pen, and ink, and paint. They can also be in words. In fact, Jesus' favorite means of teaching wasn't lecture, it was parable, which were simply word pictures, stories that taught spiritual truth. Such as, a farmer goes out to sow some seed and some seed falls along a path. Or the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. Or it's like a man who goes on a journey and entrusts his servants with his property. As soon as his hearers heard him start talking, pictures formed in their mind. They knew what he was talking about. Oh, who doesn't like a good story? And the best stories paint pictures with point. A mother of a nine-year-old boy named Mark received a phone call in the middle of the afternoon. It was from her son's teacher. Mrs. Smith, something unusual happened in your son's class today. He did something that surprised me so much, I thought I needed to call you immediately. And on hearing those words, like, Parents know. She immediately began to worry. What did my son do? The teacher continued, In all my years of teaching, nothing like this has ever happened before. This morning, I was teaching a lesson on creative writing. And as I always do, I told the story of the ant and the grasshopper. The ant works hard all summer and stores up plenty of food for the coming winter. But the grasshopper simply plays away the summer, does no work, saves nothing. Then winter comes, and the grasshopper begins to get hungry, but he has nothing to eat. So he goes to Mr. Ant and begs, please, Mr. Ant, you have so much food, and I don't have any. Please share it with me. Then I said, boys and girls, your job now is to write an ending to that story. Well, your son, Mark, raised his hand and asked if he could draw a picture. And I told him that he could draw a picture as long as he first wrote an ending to the story. And as in all the years past, most of the students said the ant shared his food through the winter and both the ant and the grasshopper lived happily ever after. A few of the children wrote that the ant scolded the grasshopper and said, No, Mr. Grasshopper, You were playing the whole summer while I was working. I don't have enough for both of us. And so the ant lived while the grasshopper died. But Mark, he ended the story in a way that was different from any student I've ever had. He wrote, So the ant gave all of his food to the grasshopper. The grasshopper lived on through the winter, but the ant died. And then at the bottom of the page, Mark drew a picture of three crosses. For the boy, the story was a picture of what Christ did. Dying so that we can live. Or as Paul said in Romans, at just the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for us. Well, there's still other types of pictures, such as those that are drawn by your behaviors, your actions. So, When you're watching Mariota throw a touchdown and the referee does that, it's a picture. We know what happened. While there are others in our faith, two pictures are primary through our action. Both point to the cross. 
one we celebrated last week in the baptism, through those actions of going into the water, it communicates not just Jesus' death and resurrection, but it's a testimony, in this case for James and Bryce and Harry, of what was going on in their hearts. Just as Jesus died and rose again, those who were baptized, through their action, were painting a picture declaring that they also have died and risen with him to newness of life. I thought we'd follow this up this morning with the second picture through action, which we just celebrated a moment ago in the Lord's Supper. In it, Jesus is painting a living picture, transcending the bread and the juice and pointing to the cross and what it means. And whenever we see the bread and the cup, we're immediately reminded of his death and what it's all about. It was, of course, given on the night he was betrayed, merely hours before what it represented was to occur. Jesus had spent about three years teaching, doing good, but as his death approached, he felt a need to prepare his friends so that they could understand what it was all about, why this was happening, what it meant, and to do so in a way that would stay with them long after It happened. So instead of lecturing them, he paints a picture as a constant reminder of what he did. So when scripture says in 1 Corinthians 11, beginning in verse 23, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. A few chapters later in 1 Corinthians 15, 3, Paul says, what I received I passed on to you as of first importance. It's significant. That the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes." And then to show how important and serious it is, he continues, So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment upon themselves. He's tying it together. You must recognize the sacrifice of Christ, realizing why he died, what there is in your life that led him to Calvary, the depth of his love that would cause him to do that, to forget it, to disconnect the bread and the cup from his sacrifice, to simply go through the motions as just a ritual we do, is to partake of it in an unworthy manner. And at that point, God doesn't need to judge us. The blood of Christ does. It becomes meaningless. As someone has said, the cross is not a symbol for the general suffering and oppression of mankind. It's a sign of what happens when we take God seriously. Well, this morning I want to take, make five brief observations about what we just did and the picture it paints of the cross and its meaning. Because if you notice first, in both verse 24 and 25, it says that we are sharing, as we share the Lord's Supper, we are participating in a picture 
by which we remember his sacrifice. Do this in remembrance of me. It was getting too easy then for people to say the words, Jesus died for me, and then go on living with no real thought of what it meant, with no real thought. It's just something we do and get on with it. It was just words. They forgot the picture. And instead of Christ's self-sacrifice, they were coming together for personal gain. So it says, going on, So then, my brothers and sisters, when you gather to eat, you should all eat together. Anyone who is hungry should eat something at home, so that when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. And when I come, I will give further instruction. It's widely believed to be a reference to the agape feast. When the early church got together, they had a potluck, and the Lord's Supper was worked into it. Those who got there first were piling the food on their plates, taking all they wanted, leaving little for those who came late or were at the end of the line. The picture of the cross was lost. It became an excuse for gluttony, for filling their stomachs, not for Jesus. It's kind of like the image of the cross today. It's often seen more like a fashion statement than a religious symbol, like the jewelry store clerk who asked her customer if you wanted the plain cross necklace or the one with the little man on it. When we break bread, it reminds us of his sacrifice. Jesus at Calvary, body broken for us, not in defeat, but in forgiveness. So as we take the bread, we remember Jesus saying to us, this is my body which is broken for you. Do it in remembrance of me. But it's not just a picture of remembering his sacrifice. Because scripture also said it's a picture of our participation in his sacrifice. We're not just eating the bread and drinking a little bit of grape juice, but we are sharing in his suffering, Paul says. In 1 Corinthians 10.16, Paul even says, Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Or as John Stott said, it goes beyond commemoration to communion. Communion, another name for the Lord's Supper, which means literally to participate, to fellowship, to share in common. That's the whole point of Jesus' words in John 6 when he said, I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. And if anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. For this bread is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. And the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? And Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. For whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day, for my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate the manna and died, but he who feeds on this bread will live forever. It's all about participating, partaking together. 
deliberately putting it into words that would shock his hearers so they, they wouldn't take it for granted. And they couldn't miss the fact of the need to identify with him. He's saying for his life and death to be of value, we must share in them, participate in them. That's what Paul said, I've been crucified along with Christ. His death became real. To the Philippians, he said, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering. That's why there's the note of warning here. here. Don't eat in an unworthy manner, in a manner in which you're focused on yourself rather than his sacrifice. As we partake, we see them as they're meant to be, an opportunity to identify with Christ, his death. The Lord's Supper, it's a picture given to help us remember his sacrifice, to participate in it. But it also, Paul says, is a picture through which we are proclaiming his sacrifice. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, it says, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Looking back at his death for our sins, but also forward to his return. A reenactment of the cross, in essence. The bread broken is his body. The cup His blood poured out. Each time we celebrate, that's what we're proclaiming. This is my body. This is the new covenant in my blood given for us. Now you're telling others about it. So we remember, we participate, we proclaim. But it also says it's a picture of how it unites us in his sacrifice. Like baptism, it's not eaten at home alone or in isolation. It's done in and with the fellowship of the saints. So it says, when you come together, do this in remembrance of me. In chapter 10, it talks about partaking of one loaf because we are one body. Unity accomplished not by simply attending a meeting or the same church or agreeing to the same formula or trying to ignore our differences. It comes by sharing the same Lord and the same faith. Or as Paul said, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. It's that unity that makes us family, not by genes, but by faith. Accomplished only through his sacrifice, which we are proclaiming, which we are remembering, which we are participating in. And then lastly, it's also a picture of through which we are giving thanks for his sacrifice. Is this not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks, a participation in the blood of Christ? It's an act of worship on our part, responding to the wonderful work of God, expressing how great and wonderful he is through our participation and our action, our worship. In response, we give thanks. Let me close with another picture, this one from Charles Swindoll, who wrote, Something historic happened off the coast of South China on a high hill overlooking the harbor of Macau. Portuguese settlers many centuries ago spent ten years building a massive cathedral on that hill. It seemed imperishable to passerby. Many thought it would stand forever. But the awesome velocity of the winds from a typhoon literally reduced the thing to ruins. Everything except the front wall was leveled. 
The sheer wall, looking like one side of a massive fortress, stood alone against a deep blue sky, and high on top of that wall stood a huge bronze cross, challenging the elements, almost as if to say to the winds, you may tear down the other parts of the cathedral, but you will not destroy my cross. In 1825, Sir John Browning was in a terrible storm in that same harbor off the South China coast, suffering shipwreck. He had no idea where to find land. Though it was in the light of day, the threatening skies and great swells blocked his ability to keep his bearings. And if you've ever been in a storm at sea, you understand how easily one can lose perspective. Hanging on to the wreckage of his ship in the angry sea, sure to die, he caught sight of the bronze cross atop the old cathedral wall. This near-death rescue that followed was so dramatic, he was led to write several lines of poetry expressing his gratitude to God for saving his life. Someone later put music to those words, and for almost 200 years, people have been singing Browning's message, most of them knowing nothing of its origin. In the cross of Christ I glory, towering over the wrecks of time, all the light of sacred story gathers round its head sublime. When the sun of bliss is seeming, light and love upon my way, from the cross the radiant streaming adds more luster to the day. That which led to Browning's rescue from the sea, Paul says, led to our rescue from sin through the cross. And like Browning in the cross, a storm may be raging around us. We may feel like we're going under, yet we catch a glimpse at Calvary and of hope through remembering him in the elements of the Lord's Supper. And in this one picture that we call communion, we see the cross, and through it we remember our Savior's sacrifice. We participate in it. We proclaim it. We're united by it. And because of what he accomplished through it, We gave thanks for it, pointing to the cross. And so we remember and we participate together. Our Father, we thank you for that wonderful sacrifice that you made that we can share in. Something that we participate in monthly, pointing to your sacrifice and ultimately to your love that would care so much for each of us that it gave literally the life of your son. Thank you, Father, for the cross, for your son, for all that it means, for our life and for our salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you all please stand as we sing our hymn of invitation and commitment?